Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So it's finally happened. We've been talking about it on this channel for months. And we're going to go right over to a chart of the DXY and see that today it has exploded higher. And this has massive ramifications for the global economy. Let's get into this first chart. Check it out. Then we're going to think through this in terms of global dollar denominated debt and that BIS report that we went over the other day saying that the one quadrillion dollars in derivatives is actually an understatement. So what happens to the derivatives market along with the entire global economy, the bank's balance sheet, if we have dollar go from 105 up to 106? And, and remember, remember guys, that once it breaks through that constraint, that resistance level, the next stop is 110. 113 and we go into the recession a flight to safety look dollar could go to 120 130 now i think the central planners will come out with a plaza accord 2.0 before it implodes the global economy but this is big news let's get right over to this chart let me do a screen share we're going to start with a chart of the dxy so you guys that are new to the channel will know exactly what i am referring to so here we go Guys, it went through that barrier. We're at, let's say, 106 is the most recent. It's over 106. So let's go back, let's say, a year's time. And this was the mark that we were really looking at closely right here, 105.61. And it kept bumping into that over and over and over. It bump into it, then it come down, bump into it, then it come down, bump into it, then it come down, which usually me, I'm no technical analyst, but from what I've learned from uh, the hedge fund guys, I know that usually when it bumps into that resistance level multiple times and then breaks through, especially if it's on volume, that's an indication that the move higher is going to last. Now, obviously there are no certainties, only probabilities. So we're going to have to watch this one like a hawk. Obviously this is just intraday. We're going to have to wa watch and see where it closes the day. And probably more importantly, where it closes the week. But if we end this week and it's higher than 106, 107, like I said, if you just look at the charts, the next stop is 113. And if that takes us into a recession, then you could see how the dollar could explode higher. And what's crazy is I'm not saying that that means that there's disinflation or deflation in the United States. Well, you guys know that from watching my videos. The dollar is two completely separate currencies. What we're talking about is the dollar right now outside of the United States relative to other currencies. You say, George, why is that such a big deal? Who cares? So it's just a number. It's just a number on a chart. What's the difference between 103 and 110 or 120 or 130 or 140? Because the outstanding dollar denominated debt is so much higher now than it was. In fact, let's go back, Josh. Let's go back and look at this chart. And we can see that in the mid 80s when we had plaza accord 1.0 it was at 150 but think about the amount of global dollar denominated debt i mean it, that back in the 1980s it was large but it was a drop in the bucket compared to what we see today again we're going to go over a chart from the bis talking about quadrillions of dollars or the dollar denominated debt when you include the derivatives and whatnot. So you can't just sit there and say, oh, well, we got up to 150 last time before they did the Plaza Accord 1.0. So that means that we 
got that much wiggle room. No, 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 no. I would say that my base case would be you would the the central planners would come together with a Plaza Accord 2.0 if the dollar got to probably one twenty one thirty one thirty tops I think something like that unless unless maybe the United States wants this I mean boy you want a way to cripple China or destroy your enemies just let the dollar go to one thirty whew boy. So now you guys might be saying, okay, George, I'm, I'm, I, I don't totally get what you're saying. Why is the dollar going so high? Why, why is that a big deal? Who cares? Isn't it just a number on a chart? Let's get right over to a story. This came out from the, I believe this is the China, the South China Post. Uh, sorry if I'm getting that wrong, guys. It's, yeah, Josh, can you look this up for me real quick? I want to give credit where credit is due here. But they're talking about, and by the way, there's a Chinese uh, news uh, media outlet. This isn't from the Wall Street Journal or anything like that. So they talk about the China property crisis. Country Garden faces reckoning as sluggish economy bets on smaller cities unravel. Or excuse me, Country Garden faces reckoning as sluggish economy and bets on smaller cities unravel. The beleaguered, beleaguered Country Garden faces 14.9 14.9 billion in debt maturity in the next year. But keep in mind they've got over 180 billion. Now, how much of that is dollar denominated? A substantial amount. And you're going to see why that matters in just a moment. So then they talk about how their big bet on the future growth of Chinese tier 3 and tier 4 cities is now blowing up in their face because that ain't happening. The economy is going into the uh, it's tanking. There is no, you know, big uh, Cerveza sickness opening boom, like was expected. In fact, the opposite is happening, which actually was pretty predictable. When you think about China just locking people in a cage and basically just flipping the light switch on their economy for three years, I don't know how you would figure that that would just start right back up and you'd never have a recession or there wouldn't be any economic collateral damage from just shutting down your economy for three years. I mean, pretty much a no-brainer right there. But this is a great kind of graphic. They're using Monopoly, obviously. And they're pointing out, they're giving us a visual as to what Country Garden's problems are. But let's keep in mind, not just Country Garden. See, real estate represents 30% of the Chinese economy. 70% of Chinese wealth is in real estate. So if China, if the Chinese real estate market has a problem, the whole Chinese economy has a problem. If the Chinese economy has a problem because they have so much dollar-denominated debt, the banks and the euro dollar system have a problem. Why? Because their debt is a bank's asset. You got to remember that. Someone's debt, an entity's debt, is another entity's asset. So if that entity is having problem paying back that debt, then that's going to blow a hole in the balance sheet of this other entity that is a key component of global dollar liquidity, which means that's the lubricant that the global economy needs to function. Without that lubricant, the house of cards completely crashes. But here are just some of their problems. Look at this monopoly board. So they've got property prices falling, third tier cities crashing, second tier cities blowing up, first tier cities, I guess they might be doing okay, fourth tier cities blowing up, their sales have dropped. They have a slowing property market. They have debt repayments. Okay, let's focus on the debt repayments. So if you have, and and by the way, let's get down to this other chart here, because you got to see this, country garden monthly contracted sales. So keep in mind, this is their cash flow, guys. This is their cash flow. 
Look at what it's done since 2021. It's gone straight down and down in a big, big way. You're talking about 57 billion yuan in the month of uh, May, it looks like. Now we're down at 8 billion yuan. So it's not like it's just gone down. It's gone down massively. It has fallen off of a cliff. But keep in mind, this is yuan, guys. Their cash flow is in yuan. But wait a minute here. Their debt, or a lot of it, is denominated in dollars. So what happens if the dollar, let's say you've got the yuan here and the dollar here. All their cash flow is coming in in yuan. And it's not a problem if this stays close. Right? Let's just say it's pegged at seven or five or something like that. So as long as this stays within a range, this isn't that big of a deal. But if the dollar goes up and up and up and up and up and up and up, and all your cash flow is yuan, all of a sudden that dollar debt burden becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. You got to picture it like this. Let's say, I'm sure a lot of you have a car payment or you have a mortgage payment, something like that. Let's just assume for a moment that ever for the next six months, your mortgage payment went up by 10% per month. So let's just assume that you've got a, a $3,000 mortgage payment right now, and it goes up by $300 every single month. How are you going to do it? How, how are you doing with that? And it's not just your mortgage payment, your car payment. That goes up. Oh, it's just credit card payment too. Student loan. All the debt you have, the payments adjust every single month and go up by 10%. How long are you going to be able to survive? Answer, not long. But see, that's the exact same dynamic that's at play when the dollar goes up and up and up and up against the, and I'm just picking out China. I mean, pick any country out there. Pick all these banks, the shadow banking system. I mean, we're talking about a global economy of, let's say, 100 trillion, where 70% of the transactions are settled in dollars. 70 trillion. Think about the dollar debt that's on the balance sheet out there that we don't even know about for heaven's sakes. And now we're going to get into the BIS report talking about all the derivatives. Well, to a certain extent, that has to do with the need for dollar cash flow. But if you don't have that dollar cash flow coming in because you have a, a, a crack in the system, the global economy is starting to shake because it just cannot handle higher dollars. It, in other words, it's already leveraged to the max. So it cannot handle the debt burden becoming more and more and more onerous. It cannot handle a higher debt burden. And even if you keep the debts the same, if the dollar goes up because such a large percentage of the debt is in dollars, it's effectively the exact same thing. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. 
We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let's get right over to this BIS report. You guys saw this from my, my video the other day. And we've got all of this off-balance sheet. Now, in that original video, I thought that this was just a net position between their off-balance sheet dollar debt and their on-balance sheet. That actually is not correct. This implies that this is the total amount of off-balance sheet dollar debt they have. This is So this would represent about $400 billion of off-balance sheet debt. And this is just the U.S. banks. So we've got the uh, the Japanese banks would be the, the borrower from the U.S. and the European banks. But the key in this part of the article is to point out the dollar, excuse me, the U.S. banks are the key intermediary. They're the ones with the majority of this on their balance sheet. They're the ones that are most actively kind of lubricating the system, if you will. And keep in mind, this is just FX swaps. It's not talking about all the other derivatives that could be off balance sheet, kind of hiding in the shadows. But my point there is that U.S. banks are, are absolutely crucial to providing this lubricant for the global economic engine. And what you have is if that global economic engine starts to sputter, uh, right? Then what happens is there's less dollar cash flow coming into these banks, even in the United States. So even if you don't have, even if they're not directly having a problem with the dollar going up, indirectly they are. You see, what do they care if the dollar goes up? All their expenses are denominated in dollars because the people that they've lent to, their cash flow is in another currency. So if they have a problem paying that back, remember, one man's debt is another man's asset. So you see how the dollar going up could indirectly blow a hole in the balance sheet of a JP Morgan. You see, this is why I, I titled the video the way I did, because it's finally happened. The dollar has broken through that threshold. Now, will it stay? Who knows? We're going to have to watch this very, very closely and see how it closes at the end of the day and how it closes at the end of the week. But assuming that it closes out the week at 106, 107, I mean, sky's the limit right there for the dollar. And again, on the DXY relative to other currencies, we're not talking about any type of inflation in the United States, disinflation, deflation. We're talking about a completely separate, uh, a completely separate topic. So in the future, I, uh, here's the good news. When or if the dollar gets to 120, 130, I, I don't think the central planners are going to sit back and just say, oh, well, let's just let the global economy blow up because that's what would happen. They're going to come in and say, okay, we, we've got to intervene. And they're going to come out with a Plaza Accord 2.0. Unless the only flyer there would be if the United States wants to really, really weaponize the dollar. And if they want to destroy China, if they want to destroy their enemies. And But the, the problem with that is in by destroying their enemies, they're going to destroy themselves. You see, it's a lot like that example I use of Egypt way back, I believe it was 1780 BC. I used this in a whiteboard video, so I don't know if that's the exact date, but that's the one that kind of I, I see in my head right off the bat. And what happened is the uh, one of the last pharaohs was invaded by the sea people, is what they called them. As this group of, uh, they still really don't know who they are, but these guys were just dominating every single city. They floated, they took boats down the coast, and they would just 
rape and pillage going there and they'd take over the city. And the Egyptians knew that the sea peoples were coming to them. So they got all the prepared and this pharaoh came out with this plan where they hiding behind the cattails or whatever. And they basically ambushed the sea peoples and won. So for a very short time, all the Egyptians were ecstatic. They're like, yay, we won. We beat the sea peoples. We thought, you know, they thought they were like aliens. People thought that they were like monsters, that they were like half human, half alien. They didn't know what they were. They just knew that they were just dominating and they were just crushing everything in their path. So when the Egyptians beat the sea peoples, this was, hey, it's party time. Let's celebrate. We're still the superpower. Wah, wah, wah. What happened? They were the superpower for about two years and they completely collapsed. Why? Because the sea peoples had wiped out all of their supply chain. Now, I don't think they even were cognizant of what they were doing. But the Egyptian economy at the time, just like the U.S. economy, was dependent on all these other countries and cities to produce the stuff that they were not producing. And they're going back and forth with trade. So what happened by the sea people destroying every single one of their trading partners, effectively, they destroyed Egypt as well, even though Egypt beat them in the battle. So my point here is the dollar is exactly like the sea people. If it destroys every single one of our trading partners, it's going to destroy the United States, just like Egypt in 1780 BC. Same exact concept that would play out if the dollar got to 130, 140. So that's why I think they would come in with the Plaza Accord 2.0. We're going to have to watch this very closely, see how this plays out. This, this is a really big deal. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.